I don't, did you, I don't know, like, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JD. That's when I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> don't be an asshole today. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm great. I'm just waiting for my uh, co-host to boot up. There she is. All right. I was having a problem with my connection. Hi. Hello. And that's okay. That's very common with Zoom. <laughs> it's yes. ridiculous, honestly. I got like some weird lighting thing going on up here. Okay. Anyways, hello, everybody. Anthony, Yuri, are you in Canada? I am. I'm on the West Coast in Vancouver, BC. Oh my goodness. How is it? Is it super cold? Uh, normally I would say it's not, but last night it poured snow and it's continuing to pour snow right now. So I think we're at zero degrees Celsius. So 32 Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I'm at uh, 28 in London. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a cold we're one. Jay, 80. We're here in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the cold weather. Uh, JD, I read that you guys are going to be at 45 on Sunday. Really? Yeah, oh, you're getting, you're going to get a little cool front. I know. My mom's doing a tap dance in her wheelchair, but still. Does she like it or she doesn't like it? She likes it when it's cold. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, she's got a lot more energy. Um, so, Anthony, I found you on Twins. Nice. It's like... Look at his adorable little face. <laughs> I need to stalk him a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love following uh, queer authors. Like that's just, I love, you know, when we can get stuff out there. And so I saw your um, your your upcoming book is yes. called Skater Boy, right? It is, yes. 20 yeah. days. I love it. I love that cover. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So is it based on Avril Lavigne's 2002 song? Well, uh, legally, I'll say it's loosely inspired by Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy song. Yeah, right. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, in Canada, that song was like really popular for a while. Um, totally. Yeah. But it's funny because this the song does kind of tell a story, but I love that you've put this queer spin on it. And I think yeah. like... I guess my one of my questions, the first one is, did it come about when you heard the song and it just kind of stuck in the back of your mind and you thought, one day I'm going to like turn this into a, a queer story? Or was it like the song just came on, you know, more recently? I mean, like, I because I, I don't want to ask you how old you are, but you look like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was very much uh, a, a child when Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy came on the radio, so I'll yeah. say as much. Yeah. But um, it's a it's a really good question. I actually have a fun story behind how the story came to be. I was actually, my partner and I had just finished a year-long stint of working at Walt Disney World in Orlando. So oh. we were down there in the 2018-2019. So back in the fall of 2019, we decided, um, along with one of our friends from Norway, who we, we had met on our program down in Disney World, that we were going to go on a five-week road trip back home to BC. So we figured, we're young, let's do this while we can. So yeah. we hit the road, and I have a very specific 
uh, moment that I clearly remember. We were between like Las Vegas and Arizona, Nevada and uh, Arizona, if you will, somewhere between there. And Skater Boy came on the radio and something just like switched in my head. I was like, I was, I was taken back to a time when I was a kid in my family's car. And I just remember listening to all of my favorite songs and changing the pronouns in my head so that I could kind of resonate with those lyrics. Yeah. And so I was like, what a cool book that would be if I wrote about a punk skater boy and a ballerino and what that would look like. And so, of course, setting it in, in high school, in young adults, I can't have them be on stage and and a baby on the way like the lyrics right. say. so <laughs> right, right, right. I, re I really did have to reinvent what that story looked like and especially <laughs> what that story looked like in 2024 right. 25 whenever right. I was writing it so so that's kind of how it, it came to be and 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 now we're 20 days away and I'm terrified and excited <laughs> you seem to have a really supportive uh publisher though Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. My my publisher, Soho Teen, has been so incredible right from the beginning. Like, I was on submission with Skater Boy for about two years, shopping it around New York, yeah. and yeah. and I knew I knew it was going to be kind of a tough sell. Like, my my main character, he is angry. He's an angry little punk, and <laughs> not a lot of stories tell stories with right. with main characters like that front and center. And so I got a lot of rejection for for many many months until Soho Teen came around and my editor Alexa just she inherently knew exactly what I was trying to get at with this story right. and we we took it apart and put it back together again and and it was just a beautiful a beautiful partnership what a peace of mind you know when yeah. you, when your um publisher doesn't ask you to make changes that are so out of your realm you yeah. know that it really screws with your mind and and w what you had you know set in your mind because I ran into that on my first book um and i think it was because the publisher that i chose was very urban you know and they were like oh i think we need some ethnic characters and i was like oh god like i that's a, a big ask you know what i mean yeah. like a you know a white chick writing about a, a black queer experience i don't have that in me and i feel like i couldn't do it justice so i tweaked as much as i could and feel comfortable with um, but it felt like, you know, just the wrong ask, you know, out of everything, totally out of everything that, that was, so, that was tough. I have a question, um, in writing this book and, uh, inspired by the song, were there copyright issues with that? Was there anything about, I know you changed it, you had to change it. So what happens when someone does that? Does, is, was there any, <laughs> does that happen with writing? Books yeah, or... yeah. I mean, you you definitely have to be very. You have to pay a lot of attention to copyright um, legalities. I mean, even further to that, every chapter in my book has a chapter title, and those chapter titles are plays on early two thousand punk pop music lyrics, or at least uh, song titles. And so, with song titles specifically, those actually can't be copyrighted. So those are kind of free reign for everyone to use. Um, granted, Skater Boy is spelt like the correct way and not the yeah. not the Avril yeah. way but um yeah you you definitely have to be very conscious of what you're using in relation to the song if it's if it's specific lyrics within the body of the text you have to be very careful with those two but we were we were 
like I said, like this, this book doesn't really have anything to do with that song. It just was loosely inspired by it. So I got to have creative freedom in a, in a lot of realms for that. It's so great. Cause I mean, it's so recognizable. You know what I mean? The minute you hear Skater Boy, you hear the song, you know what I mean? You go right to the, yeah, yeah. the song. So that's, uh, it, it, you know, amazing to me. And again, um, I did the same thing. Like I shot my book around so much that I just gave up on it. And my editor, and I told my editor, like, you can do what you want with it, but I'm done. Like I'm done reading you know, rejection <laughs> letters and stuff. Like, don't even yeah. tell me. So like, that's hard. Yeah. Like it's hard, but the publishing industry is very difficult. And, <laughs> and a lot of people, they do give up because it, it, it can be so demoralizing, but yeah. I, I so believed in this story and, and you're right. Like I have had so many people, even since the days of my cover reveal, when people see my book, they immediately think of the song and they start singing it. And I've had like Lynn Painter, a New York Times bestseller messages me all the time. And is like, damn you. Like I saw a post about your book. I started singing the song. And to yes. me, I'm just like mission accomplished. I did what I had to do. And you, right. it, it's in your head because of it. <laughs> it's it's so good. And you're getting such good reviews. Like I, I, I read um, Rob's review. Is it? Yeah. Rob, right. Couch. Oh, Rob Couch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. Right. Yeah. I, I saw his uh, blurb and it's, it's, uh, it's so nice to have this momentum behind it. And really it launches when, when's the actual launch date? February 6th. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So it's got this great buildup and, and momentum um, behind it. And you are fortunate enough to be able to take it on tour. I am. Yeah. That was a total surprise to me. <laughs> Is it, is it um, go ahead, Jay. I was going to say, how does that work with the tour? Does your publisher put you, put the tour together? Yeah. So, so it can be a, a collection of things like you, the author can put money up front and go on their own tour. A publicist can back you in and pay for that. I was very fortunate enough in uh, that my, my publisher did pay for my trip to, for, to all the stops that I'm going on and they organized the bulk of it. But um early on when we had our first initial publicist meeting, they're like, what do you want to do? What do you feel comfortable doing? And I was like, I have waited my entire life for this moment. You do whatever you need to, I will do it all. So, so that this, was, so that was really awesome. This is your first book then, right? This is my very first book. I mean, uh, Amazing. it's, it's the fourth book that I've written, but the first one that I got published. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like you gotta kiss a lot of frogs, you know. You gotta do a lot. And and I was on I, I queried to find an agent for about 10 years before I landed my my agent with Skater Boy. So it was a very long, long journey, but I I mean I wouldn't trade it for anything because I'm here now. <laughs> yeah, they I mean what it's great. And it's it's in the young adult um realm genre, yes. uh, which is really picking up steam now. And I I try and like it's a chicken and the egg thing. Like, is it picking up steam because Netflix is plucking books and making series or, you know, is it picking up steam because I think, you know, more young adults are craving it, are craving those kinds of books. You know, it's not goosebumps anymore. And the babysitters, yeah. club, you know, like they want young adult, you know, books. So um, it's, it just seems like it's a really, good market to hit you know I mean we've all been there everybody's you know we've been young adults like we we know of which we write <laughs> you know what I mean and totally. that, that's one of the things that I love is a, a person that writes what they know 
you know, yeah. you were saying that your main character is a little angry. Did that come from anywhere? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I guess it had to have because people who know me are like, I didn't realize you were that angry. And I'm like, well, neither did I, but it came from somewhere. <laughs> but, I, but I think, out, you but, know? I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I think it, it's, it's a very universal experience for queer kids, especially queer closeted kids in high school to, to experience those feelings of anger at a world where you don't really fit in at, or at, in friend groups that you don't see yourself or you see high school romances going on all around you and none of them are queer. And, and what does that mean for you when, like, I've always been a hopeless romantic. So to see everyone around me finding someone and being the only one there that that is left out, it, it, it does impact you whether you know it or not. Yeah. I, oh, I 100%. Yeah. I definitely believe you could tap right into that. You know, I mean, yeah. you feel so misunderstood and yet you, there's so few people that you can talk about it with and yeah. you're just stuck with it. You know, you're, you're stuck with those feelings you don't even know what to do with. So yeah, I, I would imagine definitely like, cause Jay and I are both late bloomers. You know, we went, we followed the herd and got married to men right. you know, right. and, and marriages yeah. and then you know, it dawned on us like way late in life, but I think much later. <laughs> much, yeah. Much but later. you know what? I'm, I'm so okay with that. You know, like my childhood and my high school experience, I loved it. I wouldn't change it for the world, you know? Um, and when I moved, I was in upstate uh, New York near the Canadian border on, nice. you know, by I grew up in Niagara Falls, but on the New York side, and there awesome. was nothing up there that was relatable at the time, but my mother opened a restaurant in Florida. So I moved to Florida right after graduation. And that was like a huge adult playground. And it was, you know, got to explore all kinds of things and, um, and still went with the herd, <laughs> still went with the herd even after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think everybody has, you know, some pent up teen angst somewhere that they can tap into you know, at any, any given time, your tour, yeah. are, are they queer bookshops too, or mainstream? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think they are mainstream for the most part. Um, we have a few indie bookstores mixed into the blend. I know uh, my LA stop where I'm speaking with uh, Adam Sass, the author of Your Lonely Nights Are Over, um, that's going to be at the Rip Bodice, which is a indie bookstore that exclusively only handles like romance books. So that's going to be really, really cool, like niche market to go yeah. into. But yeah. um, I'm doing my pre-order campaign with a few indie bookstores locally um, on this side of the border and on, on the other side, just, just so I can get that mix as well, because I think indie bookstores are our lifeline, especially for queer bookstores. So Oh, God, yes. We have uh, one of the, the oldest, most celebrated gay bookstores called Gays the Word. I and love it. I went there in April of last year. Oh, God. It's yeah. like if you're in London, you just have to go. You just you have, have to. You have to make the trip. Yeah, it's yeah. So worth it. And the and the staff, the people, you know, they're, they're, they're so, they were so helpful when I was getting started with tips of going in the right direction, you know, with, yeah. with publishing and all that kind of stuff. Um and on our, actually on our audio stream, I had um, an author named Claire Lydon who writes a lot of lesbian uh, fiction and she was so revered, you know, and I went to a, a an author speaking thing, a reading and I met her and she has this really 
great voice. And I was like, Claire, you should, I, can you do a podcast? And she was like, oh, I don't know anything about podcasting. I'm like, I'll teach you. I'll teach you. It was like, and we set it up and she, and she learned so quick and was so good at it and had such a great following. So she did it for like five years. And we, it was such a great working relationship because those last like two years, she was sending me like completely edited. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to throw it up on the stream, you know, like it was so, she adapted so well, um, you know, just going from author to podcaster. And I think if I'm not mistaken, she's still doing one with another author, but I think authors are, are um, inquisitive by nature. You know, like if you meet another author, there's so many things you want to ask them, like, what's your process? Where do you work? How many words yeah. a day do you do? You know, it's just, so it was, it was great because that's what she was doing was interviewing other authors and the, the chemistry, no matter who it was, the chemistry was always like right there. And I do think it's like this unspoken author connection, you know, <laughs> that you get. So I would imagine you will end up making so many friends um, on this tour and, and being able to, to relate to them so easily now. Cause I, yeah. I'll just go ahead and ask, what was your process? Did you like block out time during the day? Did you just write when yeah, you felt like it? That. My questions. Yes. <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, um, for Skater Boys specifically, I right when I got home from our road trip um, back from Orlando, uh, my partner and I, we had a plan. You know, we we had worked at, at Disney for a year. We were set on finding a place um, to buy. So we needed to get a mortgage. And in Vancouver, that's a very expensive and terrible thing to do. So <laughs> uh, we were we were right off the bat going to look for jobs. But I when I started ideating this story in, in the car on the way home, I was like, you know, I know we need to get jobs, but I have to write this story first. I need to set aside time because I feel like this is going to be the one that gets me a book deal. And so when I came home, I, I sat at the computer from nine to five. Like I treated it like a, a full-time job and I was able to pump this out uh, in, in two months, in pretty much two months, and oh, which, which was awesome. And I was so I mean, like we moved in with my parents so that we we could afford to do this, but uh, I was so thankful for that time because I just got to write down exactly what ended up being, for the most part, like the skeleton of what still remains to be this story. So it was very, it was very awesome that I was able to experience that and be like, oh, like I'm a full-time writer, even though I'm not getting paid. <laughs> right, right. But you know, that's one of the things I think, Jay, you and I talked about this a lot, like. I'm one of those people that can't have, um, it's so terrible, can't have something that I need to do before or something that I need to do after. Oh, I yeah. Need to really, really have no interruptions. And right. I mean, just having to stop and feed the cat. I'm like, no, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm only, I'm here by myself, like all day. My wife goes to work, earns the bread and butter, you know, and, and I'm, you know, plugging away. But like, if I have laundry to do, that's not a writing day. If yeah. I'm planning right. to cook like yeah. some massive meal or something, it's not a writing day. Like I really need the schedule like this the, to be absolutely clear so I can stay focused. Even when the doorbell rings and it's like the Amazon delivery guy, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I don't even want to get up. But yeah, when you're in the zone, um, I just, it's like a, it's like a sweet spot. 
you know, it's yeah. like the magic. And if you are fortunate enough to be able to, you know, like you said, have the day free to do that, you know, as, as, and get it all out, especially if you have it all in your mind, because it's like, it can't come out fast enough. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and the funny thing is, is that I, like, I work a full-time job I, my hours are nine to 6 PM. So editing this book was a real challenge because I would be working on my work computer over here. And then the minute lunch happened, I turned that laptop off and I turned my, my personal one on. And work once on six o'clock hit, I would write all the way till like midnight. Like it was it was exhausting. I really, I, I've said this on social media often, like how the heck do people do this with having full-time jobs? Because it, yeah. it, it's a lot of work. It really yeah. is it's absolutely brutal, especially, okay. because it's, you know, because with writing music and playing the gigs, it's the same thing. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Creative jobs. Like if, if, if the finance isn't there, like it's a challenging thing to do. So I, I commend anyone who, who puts the time and effort into doing their creative process because it's it takes a toll <laughs> so the process uh do you have to have an agent first and then the publisher or can you get a publisher without an agent yeah so so, so, so for, yeah so yeah it, it, it can vary for a lot of a lot of different things um with the traditionally published route that i took that i i had to have a polished manuscript before finding an agent. And then once I had the agent, that agent then shopped it around to, to publishing houses. So it, it, it the pe people like to say that the publishing industry, like nothing happens and then everything happens all at once because it's such a slow moving industry. So um, they really want you to have like a manuscript that is as polished as possible in order to get it out there. So, Was your you editor from them? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Was your editor from, from your publishing company or was it someone you knew? separate no yeah so the editor was in-house in at soho team yeah go ahead jay i was gonna ask did you go through a lot of you need to change this we like this but we you need to fix this or you know did you go through a lot of that or did they like it as you wrote it out of the shoot yeah so were you offensive <laughs> yeah I am uh, like a chronic underwriter so i think my story was at like sixty-eight thousand words at the time that Soho team bought it. And um, I received an editorial letter from my my editor, which laid out what I needed to change and what I needed to think on. And they were everything that my editor Alexa sent me was things I wholeheartedly agreed with. Because like I said, I was on submission for two years. So I had two years to think about what I wanted to change myself. And for the most part, everything aligned with exactly what my editor wanted. So I, I buckled down in December of 2022 and I just pumped out another like 30,000 words removed like 30,000 words and it ended up around 83 80, 83,000 words at the end of it but yeah it was a lot of just tinkering for the most part like I said the skeleton of my story has remained the same from the moment I wrote it back in 2019 um but what we did a lot with this round of revisions was really dive into my character's motivations and 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 his backstory to explain why he did the things he did, why he thought the things he did. And I, I think it ended up working beautifully because we really got to explore like the psyche of of Wes, my main character. Well, that's that's really cool. Like I remember um my my editor is British. And um what I didn't didn't know at the time was that they don't like contractions 
Like mm. they, they would prefer do not as opposed to don't, cannot wow. as opposed to can't. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of my edits were super, super fiddly. And finally, mm. I just said, I feel like I'm losing my voice. Like I'm not British and you're not American. So we're going to have to compromise on some of this or um, because it, it it's becoming way too nit, nitpicky, yeah. you know, for, for that kind of thing. So we came to a great agreement on that. And then I had a second editor from the, from the publishing house that, that published it, which was the one that wanted more ethnicity, more sex, more this, more that. And, you know, it was like a little bit taken aback because I'm like, this has already gone through like a massive edit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the things that you're asking me to change, you know, are things I'm not quite sure of. And the same thing happened with the, when it came time for the cover, like I submitted all this art that I had in mind for the cover and they were like, here's the three things you can choose from. And wow. I was like, oh man, each one was worse than the next, you know, it was oh. like, oh God. And I, I feel like that was, um, yeah, that was the downfall. That was what, but you know, the thing of it was, is that you, you're so excited when you get that offer that, you know, it was, it's just like, where do I sign? Where do I sign? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, th and thankfully, like my wife's super level-headed um, and she was like, have a meeting, put it on a conference call, let me listen and yeah. I will write down things for you to ask, you know? So that was kind of how we went about it. But by the time we finished that phone call, I had a three book deal um, wow. with it, with a deadline. And, and that like really scared me until I got my first round of notes back that said, we need to split this into two books. And I'm like, well, there's two books down. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's going to be easy. And then I just expanded a short story that I already had on file. So I completed my three book deal like six months into the year that it, that I had to do it, you know? Amazing. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think if, if you're fortunate enough to find an agent, an editor and a publishing house, you know, working together on your behalf that you're comfortable with and you love everything about them, it, you will stick with them, you know, and good things will come. But you, for me, like my experiences was, I will never work with these people again. I'm glad my, my deal is over, you know? Um, mm. But I also think that there's a lot more choice out there now that wasn't, I mean, I, I'm getting emails, just random emails from, from, um, publishers uh that are that just seem so much more oh I mean I don't have anything you know on the stove so to speak but you know I know I can see that there's a lot more choice out there and I think because I was just so eager to uh to get it out that I just went ahead and did I jumped through every hoop they wanted me to um but yeah that's one of those lessons that you learn early on like I'm so happy for you um that your experience is great you know with this with this publishing house that you have because there are um a lot out there that, that and I, sometimes I think if you get the wrong editor you know like I loved my I love my British editor I love her she she will always be my editor but the one that came with the publishing company I was just like Eesh. like this is <laughs> um yeah yes, I mean it, it's hit or miss and you don't really yeah. know what you're gonna get right like even in talking about the cover my my publisher asked me what I thought and and 
being the A type personality that I am, I sent like a Google folder with colors I love, fonts I loved, and yes. and, and album arts references that I really spoke to me and they must have gotten so sick of me by the end of that because I was so nitpicky, but they were, were they welcomed everything that I mentioned. And like my cover ends up ended up being like exactly what I asked for, which That's is fantastic. unheard of because I know some debuts who just got their cover in their inbox and it was like here you go <laughs> with yeah. no say and that's yes. that's a nightmare experience Honestly, like <laughs> i said one was worse than the next and it was only three but man they shut that shit down hard yeah. <laughs> i was ready with all kinds of stuff to send to them they're like nope here's your yeah. three wow. oh man this sucks yeah it was really bad and none so of the covers had anything to do with the stories none <laughs> it was so misleading it's awful it was awful how does that work in the in the book world with because I only know from the music world, writing world, uh, the publisher pays for the print of the book. I um, mean, you know, you, I know you said he pays they paid for the tour, but do they pay for the printing of the book and the advertising to get to promote it? Or how does that do you get paid like ahead of time to write? I know there were probably different deals like yeah. Uh, yeah. It can definitely differ for everyone, but um, usually uh, when you're traditionally published, you get an advance for your book. And then uh, the publishing house usually has like a marketing department that is dedicated to the advertising, the publicity of it, of it all. And then um, Soho Teen is actually uh, has a partner distribution agreement with Penguin Random House. So Penguin Random House is the one that will uh, distribute all of the copies of the book to to indie stores, to bookstores all across North America. That's that's wow. fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, mo most people that especially ones that go down the self-publishing route. Yeah. Yeah. I am floored by the amount of work that that goes into that. That yeah. was one of the yeah. things about like Claire Lydon was that she had a very specific artist that she worked with um, that does all her covers and each one has the same couple of girls and it's almost like her own customized cartoons, you know, and they're so perfect. And um, she also uh, did her own audio, like for audio books. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, like that kind of thing always amazes me too, because you think like that, that's going to be so easy and it's yeah. so not, you know, <laughs> it's so not, but you also yeah have to have an actual director you know that is um telling you like that maybe that's the wrong inflection or can you try it this way or you know was there a stutter in there i think you know like that you know that they really want some serious perfection um but that's all like the, in the next phase for you, <laughs> you have to worry yeah about right <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll end up doing that but um it's it's just to me um it's an exciting time like when you've got that that book that's ready to to go and you get that like you have your first you know you get that first one and it's yeah. like, I didn't even get that I had to buy my own oh. <laughs> yeah I've got I've got right up behind me all my copies here and I'm like what the heck yeah. do I do with all these copies yeah <laughs> you send them to people with uh that you want their honest opinion <laughs> yeah right yeah but that's the great part is I love that you have all these um, testimonials already, nice little blurbs already. Um, that's like rocket fuel. Yeah, <laughs> it's just rocket fuel. I yeah, mean, I was, I mean, who sent those out? Like, how did they get, get advanced copies? 
I'm just going to yes. ask that. How do you get that? How do I get the, like the testimonials? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, is it released pre-release or, or an online or something? Yeah. So, um, because I have been in this publishing world adjacent anyway, for the past like 12 years at this point, I've made, I've been, I've managed to make a lot of friends over the years and, and some of those friends go on to become New York Times bestsellers and, and some become very distinguished awarded authors. And so, um, for the most part, I just asked them if they if they wanted to read it. And so at, at the the stage of like copy editing, where we are, me and my editor and, and our copy editor are going through line by line, making sure everything is okay. That's usually the time where they'll the, the publisher will send like ebooks or, or arcs, advanced reader copies out, um, so that you can get that early buzz going before your book hits the bookshelf. So yeah. we were able to. I, I was. I was uh, fortunate enough that I was able to land quite a few of my friends who who agreed to read it early on and and provide these blurbs yeah. that I've just been releasing every week leading up to my release on on social media just to create some some buzz yeah, before it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Who is your uh, favorite, fa one of your most favorite authors? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Um, when it comes to young adults, I would definitely say Becky Albertalli. Becky Albertalli is, is huge in, in the young adult world, and, and uh, she's such an inspiration to so many of us. And she's really one of the main reasons why there are so many queer books in the young adult sphere in this day and age, because her her book, um, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, really put queer romance on the, on the map. And so um, the fact that she is the cover blurb on my book is just like a dream come true for me. That is um, nice. Yeah, and then uh, in the adult space, I would I would hands down probably say um, Mitch Album and uh, Matt Haig. So Mitch Album wrote like uh, Tuesdays with Maury. It's the yes. biggest book to his name, and Matt Haig, of course, wrote The Midnight Library. So those two are, are very um, very influential for me. So you have you um, have been always been a reader your whole life, you know? Yeah, um, not really actually, which is kind of surprising. I I would say I, I really started reading in like grade six or seven. Like I don't really have many memories reading as a child, but I yeah, it's very strange because I always like loved writing stories, but right. without reading them, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I got hooked on uh, these two authors when I was in elementary school who wrote like the origin story of Peter Pan and then later wrote up wrote a series about kids who work in the Disney parks as like holograms and like wake up when they go to sleep they like wake up as their holograms in the parks and like have to fight Disney villains and I just became obsessed with these books and and I think that's honestly why I'm writing today. Oh my god you know I got I have to say this is so funny that you were talking about working at Disney my my cousin um is, did an internship at Disney last year, then got hired. Awesome. He starred as Peter Pan in the Christmas Day Parade. Uh, oh, national awesome. TV. <laughs> that is so cool. Right? Like, so yeah, he is loving working for Disney. Um, is that he, uh, the actor? Is that your cousin, the actor? No, 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 uh, no. <laughs> he went into real estate. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one's actually way younger. He, um, I think he's just 21, 21 or 22, but he's, uh, he's been a, an amazing um, guitar player and singer. Like he was uh, singing at local 
places when he was like 16 he starred in rock of ages at uh you know awesome. you know all these different uh theaters in buffalo and niagara falls so yeah he's always had it in him um but yet amazing like national television like good grief man <laughs> like yeah. what's happening here um but yeah it's a it's a great launch pad you know for for talent it's it's fantastic. I it is, yeah. yeah. I actually I, I I currently work for Disney. So my, my program that I did down in Florida actually afforded me the opportunity to apply for the role that I'm currently in. So I actually work for uh, Industrial Light and Magic, the visual effects company behind Lucasfilm. So yeah. I, I help hire all the visual effects artists uh for like Star Wars movies and episodic TV shows and and everything oh, under the wow. gamut of that. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's very cool to still be in the Disney family. Yeah, I'm watching all those behind the, you know, behind the scenes about the animation things and the yeah. park rides and that goes all the way back to the 70s up until current, like mm -hmm. binging on uh, on those. I think they're on on Disney. Um, but yeah, it's uh, what an incredible um, creative day job to have that you know will keep you creative for writing you know what I mean like it's just yeah. yeah it's very cool to be surrounded by these people who are like were, took part in some of the most iconic movies of our time like it's just a very strange like I'm not creative in that regard in any sense of the word so uh, it's very cool to be surrounded by that all the time it's, it's unbelievable let's talk a little bit about that like your your uh support system so mm -hmm. you're you're you've been married for how long? Uh, no, I've been with my uh, fiance. We're actually getting married this uh, July this year, but we've been together for about twelve years now. Oh, fantastic! So obviously, so I'm a lot older than you think I am. <laughs> I think so, um, but <laughs> but we won't go there. Um, you, uh, so he's very supportive then of your your writing career. Oh, very much so. Yes, yes. When we first met, I had actually just finished my very first book that I had ever written and an agent in New York was interested in reading it. And I'm so sorry to that agent for sending them that book because it was just awful. But uh, <laughs> he was he was very supportive right from the get go and and, and has been there. And uh, with Skater Boy, I would finish a chapter while I was editing with my editor and I would go and read it out loud to him. So he was right there from the, the very first page. Yeah, my wife's like that too. Whenever we have to do a car journey, I would I would read her chapters off my phone in the car while she yeah. was while she was uh, driving. So yeah, that's it's so it's really important. And your family seems great about it too. Oh yeah, my family is wonderful. They don't they don't understand how I do it, but they they're very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Hi. Go ahead, Jay. I was just gonna say I found with songwriting, like we always with the people in the songwriting community, like original artists, we think it's so funny because people will say, oh, I want to hear what you're working on. What's your new song? Or you want, you'll want you say, listen to my song and let me know what you think. And like 30 seconds into it, they're talking to you. And it's like, <laughs> you just stop and listen to the lyrics for three minutes. Could I have three minutes of your time? So That's like so for Janet to be listening to chapters is great because- yeah. I, I just find it hard to get someone to stop and just listen to three minutes of a song without starting it. You know, you want to go for fries, you know, drive <laughs> through McDonald's. And I'm like, you know, could you listen to this three minutes and just figure that out later? <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yeah. I well, honestly, <laughs> even right uh, reading out loud your chapters, like 
by the second or third chapter, I've lost my voice completely. And I'm like, I guess we have to wait until tomorrow night. Like it, it's, it's an ordeal to do that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It definitely is. Yeah. It, it's funny too, because I, I don't know about you, but I found that when I was reading is when I would find things like little, I would make little mental notes of what I wanted to go back and change. Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Helpful. It's helpful, but yeah, God bless them for, um, for sticking, <laughs> sticking in it. <laughs> so yeah, true. Totally. Um, listen, we're going to let you go. Cause I know you were doing this on a lunch break. So <laughs> we the will... life of a writer. <laughs> no. Uh, so just tell us, remind us again of the date of the, the of the book launch. Yeah. So the uh, Skater Boy Hits bookshelf is February 6th uh, this February year. 6th. And do you know where your first stop on the tour is? Yes. My first stop is actually going to be in Langley, BC, which is just uh, my hometown where all my friends and family will, will get to come to the event. Oh, how fun. Yeah. And do, yeah, super special. Is there a, a website where people can uh, check it out, maybe even order the book or know where you're going to be? Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyone can go to my website at anthonynarada.com. Um, they can also check out Soho Teen or Penguin Random House has all the links for uh, their geocache. So wherever you log on and you check, uh, we'll show you stores and indie stores around you that you can purchase it from. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, YouTube. This this was such a fun uh, lunch break that I got to partake in. So thank Fantastic. you for the invite. It's going to, it'll, it'll be up this weekend and I will shoot out the links on threads. Awesome. Thank you so right. much. Take care, my friend. Good to meet you. Right, you too. Take care. Bye. Nice to meet you. Why do you always run? Like never stop chasing your dreams. <laughs> We drank way too much whiskey. Uh -huh. yeah, see? See?
addicted to her touch. That's true. 